Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, all around the leagues, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Searching for players? Searching for clubs? Find players and clubs near you right now on MatchHark. Playing football could never be easier. Download MatchHark on Google Play or visit our website at matchhark.com. Truly a great match. MatchHark. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the Barnet Sunday League portion of the Celt podcast. We start off in Division 2 with Northumberland Park Rangers 1, Sopranos 3 and Trent Park 3, Anatolians 2. In Division 3, Whetstone FC 2, Brotherhood Cozzy 3. In Division 4, Nissy 1, AFC Muswell Hill 6 and Camden FC 0, Honest Rangers 7. In Division 5, Enfield Albion 6, Northwest Wolves 4. In Division 6, Atletico Grammar 0, Berillic Sports 6. And in the double header between Interman Razor 24 and Camden Town Athletic, Interman Razor 24 2, Camden Town Athletic 1 in game 1. And Interman Razor 24 9, Camden Town Athletic 1 in game 2. Into the cup action. In the Intermediate Cup, Comi Kabir 6, AC Finchley 1. Uh, in the Richard Martin Memorial Cup, FC Crookwood 3, Shentry Athletic 1. And New Barnet 2, North London Colts 3. In the Invitational Cup, Mehmet Chik Galata 3, Highgate Albion Reserves 3. Mehmet Chik winning on penalties 5-4 there. And Gal All-Stars 2, the Wrongans 2. Gal All-Stars winning 3-2 on penalties there. We also had the Middlesex Premier Cup final between heavy hitters and Highgate Albion, which was postponed due to the inclement weather. So that will have to be uh, rescheduled for another day. Moving on to the fixtures in the Championship, Highgate Albion reserves taking on Northwest Wanderers. A defeat or anything but a win for Northwest Wanderers will hand. Olympia the title, although it's pretty much done. In Division 1, AFC Rose taking on Enfield United. And Comi Kabir facing Mill Hill Club the football. Division 2, Northumberland Park Rangers taking on Grange Park. Division 3, FC Cricklewood taking on Locomote Thunder. Highgate Albion 3rd taking on North London Colts. And South Tottenham United taking on Ammonia Youth. In Division 4, there's a doubleheader between Barnet, Salsa and Nissi. And Highgate Albion Fools taking on Honest Rangers. In Division 5, Edmonton Rovers taking on Enfield Albion. New Barnet taking on North London Panthers. And in Division 6, Camden Town Athletic taking on Pantera. And Berillic Sport taking on AFC Rosa. In the Cup action, in the Junior Challenge Cup, Armenian Youth Association playing Continental. And EFNS taking on Northwest Wolves. In the Premier Cup, Park Rolls taking on heavy hitters. In the Intermediate Cup, one of our ties of the round, one of our games of the week. Trent Park taking on North London Athletic. I think NLA will just have a bit too much for Trent Park. I've got them winning 3-2 in that game. In the Junior Cup, Shentry Athletic taking on Fireside. 
in the Richard Martin Memorial Cup. AFC Edmonton taking on Panda. And in the Invitational Cup, another one of our games of the week. Memetchik Galata taking on AFTV. I think Memetchik will win this game. I've gone for a 4-2 win. Should be an entertaining match. And our big two games of the week. Um, London Cup semi-finals. Two of our teams involved. Tough games for both of them. We'll start off with Bayswater taking on Olympia. Olympia had a great run. This is a, a battle of the underdogs. These two teams probably weren't expected to do well in this competition, but they've they've been very impressive, especially Olympia with wins over Grand Athletic in a, a previous round as well. They've also, you know, done done very well in the league as well. Um, but there's one more hurdle between them and the appearance in the final, and that's Bayswater. And I think they'll get to the final. I've got them winning 3-1 here. And in the other semi-final, Highgate Albion taking on Hatch Lane. Uh, Runners-up of the National Cup taking on the London Cup current holders. They actually met earlier in this season and it was a draw. And Highgate Albion won on penalties. And I think it will go to penalties again here. I've gone for a one-all draw in that one. Um, With a lot of the games getting called off this week, we're just going to look at some of the uh, top scorers and highlight their achievements. So we're going to start off in the Premier Division. Yannick James of Galway Stars is the top scorer. He's got 12 goals this season in the league. Harry Gritchie Caswell from the Wrongans has got 11 in the league this season. And in third place is Excellence Mahemba of Highgate Albion. He's got 10 goals this season. Into the championship top scorers, Yemi Buramoa of Olympia is the top scorer. Slowed down recently, but he's still got 16 goals this season. In second place is Alessandro Arnaldi of Northwest Wanderers. He's got 15 this season and it's a tie in third between Sam Cassidy of London Wednesday and Nicholas Constantinou of Northwest Wanderers. They've both got 14 goals this season. Into Division 1's top scorers, and it's Michael Mignot of Enfield United. He's got 24 goals this season in just 11 games. In second place is Peter Rosamin of Mill Club de Football. He's got 17 goals in 10 games this season. And in third place is Anthony Georgiou of Komi Kabir. He's got 16 goals this season. In Division 2, Villavesi Cesar. He's top scorer this season. He's got 24 goals. In second place is Andreas Kiprianu. He's got 22. And in third place, we have a tie between Glenn Geddes of Continental and Clifford Newby Harris of AFC Edmonton. In Division 3, the top scorer is Alan Callaghan of Highgate Albion Thirds. He's uh, the overall top scorer in the league as well. He's got 36 goals this season. In second place is Kai Shelley McPherson of Fireside. He's got 23 goals. And in third place is Elliot McGovern of North London Colts. In Division 4, the top scorer is Loic Pires of AFC Muswell Hill. He's got 26 goals. 
In second place is Siokli Shukri of Nissi with 21 goals. And in third place is Dominic Cuffey of Arnus Rangers. He's got 20 goals into Division 5. And the top scorer is Adam Karim of Northwest Wolves with 25 goals this season. We have a tie in second between Dori Duraku of NLR and Garo Heath of Armenian Youth Association. And then we have a tie in third as well. Dwayne Hitchman of NLR and Avi Cabrillian of Coney Hatch Athletic. And finally, the Division 6 top scorers, where Alex Hadji of Pantera is the top scorer in the league. He's got 23. A tie in second between Anwar Achabi of EFNS and Luke Costantinu of Pantera. And in third place is Brandon Kedis of Pantera. Join us next week. We'll have the results and the fixtures from the Barnet League. Hello and welcome to this Corinthian League roundup for the month of March as we look to all the action that's taken place over the last few weeks in between the rainstorms, of course. And we begin in our senior division. And it's been a bit of a strange season, to be quite frank, in the senior division with a number of sides involved in, in cup finals and county cup competitions, which has really curtailed the, the, uh, the progress of a number of teams. But at the moment, there is a side who are standing out ahead of the crowd, and that is Flyhouse Athletic, who sit top of the table with nine games of the season to go, seven victories and two draws, unbeaten and just six goals conceded in 23 points um, to their total. And that's a point ahead of second place Manford Way, who have been at the top top of the pile for a number of weeks this season, having got ahead of their games. Six victories and four draws to their name and 22 points, including a memorable 9-2 win recently against Bay T squad. Down in third place are Eastway Athletic, who have played the most number of games with three uh, fixtures of their season left. They have five victories and two draws, um, giving them a total of 17 points so far. Now, down in fourth place are a side who are um, sitting in a, in a good position, but with so many games of football to play, it's quite unbelievable. Brook Athletic, who are the London Cup finalists this year and got to the semi-final of the Essex Premier Cup too, as well as now also being involved in home domestic cup competitions. Well, that's obviously had an impact on their season. But five victories and two defeats to their name in the league, giving them 15 points and just a small matter of 13 games left to play. Down in 5th place, London All-Stars are over the halfway line now in terms of their league fixtures played. 4 victories and 3 draws for the side based in Hackney, giving them also 15 points but trailing on goal difference. But that is a couple of goals ahead of 6th place Bay T squad, who do have a game in hand on London All-Stars, but have now won 5 and lost 4 of their league games played so far, meaning they sit in the middle of the table at the halfway mark of their season. Lots of football to be played of course. Now, down in seventh place, a bit of a story with Fly FC, who were rock bottom um, probably six weeks to eight weeks ago, but have picked up a number of victories in recent weeks. They now sit in seventh place with four victories. In fact, they haven't lost in the league for some time now. Twelve points as to their total, seeing them climbing well away from the, the danger below them. Now, a point behind Fly are eighth place El Valiente, who have a game in hand, so could still move above uh, I'm a fly there. If they were to win that, they they have eight games, uh, sorry, six games of their season remaining, three victories and two draws, seeing them on eleven. 
Now, two games behind El Valiente are LC Baller, who are also sit two points behind them. Three victories to their name, but they'll need to turn around a bit of a slump in form to try and avoid the drop. Now, this is a strange one. Bottom of the table are the reigning champions, Hatch Lane. Um, but only five games played, having won two and drawn one, giving them seven points. So they sit bottom of the table, but with 15 games still to play. So lots to play for for Hatch Lane there, as well as, of course, still being involved in both the Essex Sunday Premier Cup final in a few weeks' time, where they will face top-of-the-table Flyhouse Athletic and also being in the semi-final of the London Sunday Challenge Trophy. We move on now into Division 1, and this one is almost at a conclusion with Faden Green sitting top of the table on 40 points. That is unbeaten as well for the side based in Loughton. A great follow-up season to their year last year. 13 victories and a draw to their name. The side closest to them at the moment, at least in the table, are 34-point side Roos, who sit in second place with three games of the season left. 11 victories and a draw for the side based in Hainault, but their recent um, results in, in weeks gone by have curtailed slightly and moved away and pushed them out, out of the, uh, the title picture. Gantz Hill sit a further six points behind Roos, so could go level with, with the side based in second place there. And our cup finalist, in fact, Gantz Hill, uh, they have eight victories and four draws to their name and a very healthy goal-scoring record. In fact, the highest goal scorers with 57 in the division. Down in fourth place, FC Galaxy, who following promotion have had a pretty solid start to life in Division 1. Eight victories and nine defeats to their name for the side based in Dagenham. Uh, they sit on 24 points. That's a point ahead of fifth place critics who do have a number of games left to play. Seven, in fact, along with a, a cup, cup semi-final both in the Division Cup and the West Essex Sunday Charity Trophy. Seven victories and two draws to their name sees them sit on 23. That's a point ahead of Total Football, who with five games of their season to go, have six victories and four draws to their name in what's been a bit of an up-and-down season, but they are a side who can, on their day, certainly mix it with the best. There's quite a gap then down to seventh-place Barking Riverside, but they have only lost one game this season. Nine victories, uh, sorry, nine games played, so lots of football still to come. 11 league games still to play, in addition to a uh, cup semi final as well. They have four wins and four draws. Those draws may prove problematic as they start to approach chasing down the sides at the top. But they do still have to play the leaders twice. Down in eighth place are Benchviews, who have picked up a little bit of recent form and now have three wins and two draws, giving them 11 points. Not quite safe, of course, though. And in ninth place, with a game in hand on Benchviews, are St. Augustine's, who have six games of their season left to go. Three wins and uh, 11 defeats, making up their total of nine. Down in tenth place, but with half the season still to go for them, are tenth place Oceana who with 10 games left to go have 8 points, 2 victories and 2 draws. Lots of games left there. Can they convert those into wins and stay up? And bottom of the table are promoted Royal Lions A, who only have the 5 points so far this year. Just 1 win and 2 draws to their name as they sit at the bottom with 5 games to go. Down in Division 2, and this one is a real battle forming at the top end of the table. It's currently led by the London Cup final um, finalists, AC Milano, who are one of the lowest ranked sides left in that competition, but pulled off a great win against Yeni Bogazici in recent weeks. 
Uh, in addition to that cup final, they're also sitting top of Division 2. 11 victories and a draw, just one defeat so far for the side in East London. 34 points, which sees them a point ahead of the chasing pack. And that's led by Barkin and Dagenham Wanderers, who are the long-time leaders in this division. But with five games of the season to go, they are going to need their fortunes to maintain, probably winning most of those games and hoping that sides around drop points. 11 victories, 4 defeats for the side who actually reached the semi-final of the Essex Junior Cup, um, which was a good feat also. Two points further back from Barkin and Dagenham Wanderers, but also with two games in hand, are third place Abridge Village, who have won 10 and drawn 1, but lost at the weekend to a, a lower side, um, which has kept them um, back from being in second place for a couple of weeks more at least. Down in fourth place are Cloud9, who have been in the top end of the table for most of the season, um, pick, picking up some crucial wins against the sides around them. Eight victories and three draws, five defeats. So with four games of their season to go, they'll be looking to try and finish as high as they can. In fifth place are Newbury Forest, who were the side to take points off of Abridge Village, only the second team to do so this year. Um, nine victories and six defeats for their name um, in for Newbury Forest there. They could still be one of the signs to push for a top three or top four position. There's a bit of a gap then down to sixth place Debden Sports Reserves, but they do have two games in hand, in fact, on the sides around them, so they could convert those into points and move up as far as fourth, in fact, were they to do that. Seven victories and a draw to their name, five defeats also. Then down into seventh place are their opponents, actually, in the Division Two Cup semi-final this season. Leightonstone Athletic, in fact, knocked out AC Milano in the quarter-finals. A great result for them. Six victories and two draws, though, in the league. A little bit inconsistent, but they sit on 20 points. And that's eight points ahead of the next best side, which is Higham Hill, uh, who have 13 games played and only three wins and three draws from those. So they sit eight points off the pace with two games in hand. Just below them, uh, on nine points, in fact, are East London Harriers, who have just two wins and three draws to their name in the season. Five games left, though, to try and move up the table if they can and avoid the drop. The two sides who sit at the bottom at the moment, both on six points, and we begin with inside success, who have nine games left to play still. So lots of football still to come for them. They have two victories to their name, uh, accruing those six points. But bottom of the table, Barking have a lot to do in their last three games. They've got three games left of their season. They sit on six points, and you would imagine will need to win all three of their remaining games to try and avoid the drop. Just two wins to their tally so far this year. But seven seven goals really scored has been the problem there, um, not finding the back, back of the net on a regular enough occasion. We move on now into Division 3, and a real battle in this one too, with a lot of sides involved in County Cup this year, has really made the progress quite slow in this division, but a lot still to play for. Top of the table, United Amateurs, four games left in their season, they lead the way by two points, sitting on 27 with nine wins and three defeats. Their remaining games against the better sides at the top end of the table will probably prove pivotal. Sitting in second place, and the side who are really in form at the moment, are the highest goal scorers in the division, in fact, Valence United, who did have a difficult first half of the season, but their run to the semi-final of the Essex Sunday Junior Trophy has really enlightened their season. Eight victories and a draw as they now sit in second place. In third place sits Sing Sabah Barkin, but they're running out of games now. Um, they do have 24 points on the board, which they accrued mostly in the early stages of the season with eight victories, but they are being chased down by sides around them with games in hand. 
The first of those is fourth place Upshire Forest, who from 12 games played, so they have four left in their season. They have seven wins and a draw, uh, and they're the opponents actually for Valence United in the Essex County Cup, which means we will have a guaranteed finalist in that competition. Um, in fact, we've had three out of the last four finals occupied by a Corinthian team. Down in fifth place, and another side who could be involved in that final are Colbert Rawls Vets, who are in the other half of the draw ahead of their semi-final this weekend. But in the league, they have lots of games in hands on the sides above them because of their lengthy run in the County Cup competition. Seven wins, just two defeats means that on a points-per-game basis, they are likely to be the favourites to win this division. But of course, the number of games coming up might mean that their progress is curtailed. Uh, there's a bit of a gap then down to sixth place Ainsley, who also had good runs in the County Cups this year. Um, but having returned to league form, they're starting to put the points on the board. Just the nine games played, so they have another uh, seven still to go. Seven, uh, five victories and a draw, giving them 16 points. And that's six points ahead of seventh place Alpha, who have had a bit of a difficult time of it in recent weeks. Um, and they will need to start picking up the points to guarantee themselves a stand in the division. Three victories and a draw, giving them 10 points uh, with four games left to go. With two games left to go and desperate need of points are eighth place Corona Redbridge with two victories and two draws to their name, giving them just the eight points so far this year. They will need to probably win both um, because the side below them who are bottom of the table, FC Mexico B, but have nine games still left to play um, in their season. So lots of football still to be played, but they are without a point so far and having only scored eight goals, suggesting that putting the points on the board might be a little bit, bit more challenging. On now into Division 4, and it's very much here in Belfry Reserve's hands. They are top of the table and remain unbeaten, nearing a century of goals as well. Um, although did drop their first points within the last month, um, but they have 12 wins and a draw, giving them 37 points. That's four points ahead of the nearest challenging side, who at the moment are Warren Senior, with 11 wins and five defeats to their name in the season, giving them 33 points with two games left. They will need to win both and hope that Belfry don't pick up any more. In third place, Byron Redstar are the side, in fact, to have taken points off of Belfry this year. The first side to do so, nine wins and two draws, giving them 29 points. If they were to win their games in hand, they could move a little bit closer and certainly would overtake Warren um, and move within a couple of points of Belfry. But the side who could could still apply the most pressure for this season are City Sight in fourth place. They have eight games of the season remaining and lots of games in hand on the teams above them. Seven victories and, a def and three defeats, but with a game, a crucial game against Belfry still to come meaning that they will need to overturn that result, certainly, and hope for other points to be dropped. They currently have 21 points um, with eight games of the season left. Horsham Well have had a good campaign moving over to the league this year. They sit in fifth place at the moment with five wins and three draws, and they are also through to the Cup semi-final this season with 18 points to their name. And also on 18 points are Eastern Avenue, who have six victories and nine defeats, giving them that total with three games of the season to go. And they'll hope to try and move into the top half with those remaining games. There's a five-point gap then down to seventh-place prospect protégé, who have three wins and four draws to their name from 15 games. Much improved since the start of the season. They are now um, starting to make inroads, but they aren't quite safe just yet. 
And that's because uh, in eighth place, just above the relegation zone, are Ace Athletics, who sit four points behind prospects, but with three games in hand. But having only recorded two wins and three draws, they will need to reverse their fortunes to try and convert those games in hand into wins. And it's a very similar story for ninth place Chingford Athletic, who sit as one of the two sides in the relegation zone as we speak. Nine points on the board for them also from three wins. They have five games left in their season, and you'd probably imagine they'll need to win at least three, possibly four of those, if they were to be the side staying up. At the bottom of the table, and not, not cut adrift by any means here, Bryman's Park who are four four games away from completing their first season with the league. They will need to probably win at least three, probably four of those to try and stay in the division. Uh, two wins and a draw sees them sitting on seven points. We move on now into Division 5. And this one is all but over, in fact, um, as Colbert Royals just now need to avoid a heavy defeat in their remaining games to be the champions here. They sit on 43 points at the top of the table with 14 wins and a draw. Unbeaten and only conceding 11 goals. Um, as I say, their goal difference here will prove crucial. One more point for Colbert Royals will be enough to secure the league title. Uh, second place are Royal Lions B, who pushed them hard as much as they could through this season. Um, as I say, they sit on the same number of points as the leaders. Um, their goal difference slightly inferior, however, and having completed their season. 14 wins and a draw but three defeats those three defeats now being crucial in this title race down in third place and ultimate vision reserves have had a great second half of the season which has culminated in them climbing as high as third though the gap to second place has been quite quite large but they did make the semi-final at the weekend in the division five cup which unfortunately they were second best in on the day as they lost to Lonsdale but they'll be pleased with their efforts in the second half of the year in fourth place are Dagenham Rangers, who with two games of the season left to go, have won six and drawn two, giving them 20 points in the season um, as they approach the, the end of their campaign. In fifth place are Mansfield Rangers, who have a number of games still to play, uh, six in fact to complete their season, so they could well easily finish in the top three if they were to win the majority of those in the coming weeks. And it's a similar story for Manford Way Reserves, who sit three points behind Mansfield Rangers, um, but with the same potential to certainly break into the top three or even top four if they were to convert their remaining five games into some victories. And of course, as I just, as I just referred to, the first cup finalists of the year will be Lonsdale um, in the Division 5 Cup. They sit in seventh place as they won their semi-final at the weekend. Five victories from 15 so far this year. In what they'd probably class as a largely disappointing season. But they will face the league leaders, Colbert Royals Reserves, in the final on the 23rd of April at Averley for that coveted silverware. Two points further back behind Lonsdale are 8th place Debden Sports A, who have picked up four wins and a draw from their season. They sit just above the relegation positions on goal difference. And that's ahead of Titans United, who sit ninth with three wins and a draw, giving them 13 points. Uh, and bottom of the table, but with games in hand. So this is a real intriguing end to the season and a really tight battle. Mayfield Kings are bottom, but they do have still uh, four games left to go with three victories and a draw, giving them 10 points. If they were to pick up three wins from four out of their last remaining games, they could easily be the side stand in the division. And we move now on to Division 6 and another fine battle 
is going on here for the league title. It, the, the, it's Epi Royals who presently lead the way at the top with 40 points from 17 games played. So they have three left in their season to try and take the league title. 13 wins and a draw there. Epping having had a great second half of the year, to be quite honest. But it's all in the hands of Young Royal, sitting in second place. Just one defeat this year, 11 wins and two draws. So they have six games left, five five point deficit to make up, three games in hand. So they will move into the top if they were to win at least two of those three. Um, and hopefully they'll hope to hold, hold on to take the title. In third place are Valence United Reserves, and they are the last other side who could go into the frame for a promotion spot. Though their fortunes in recent weeks have been a bit indifferent. 10 wins and, and a draw for the side based in Dagenham. Royal Lion C sit in 4th place with 24 points. That's 7 points behind Valence. 7 wins and 3 draws to their name. And down in 5th place with our Havering Palace who have 2 games left in their league season. They have 22 points to their name with 7 wins and a draw. Now, uh, with games in hand, Epping Forest Falcons could still secure a top four position and probably are the favourites to do so if they are to win some of their remaining games of this season. They've got five games left to try and do so. Six victories and three draws so far in what's been a much improved season for the side from Woodford. Uh, it's also been a decent campaign for new side Zone 4 Athletic who moved across to the league uh, this season and sit in 7th place having picked up 20 points a, a pretty good return after a bit of an indifferent start to the season 6 victories and 2 draws uh, they'll hope to make a strong finish to the season and perhaps even finish in the top 5 down in 8th place are London Legacy who have 1 game remaining of their season but it's, it's so tightly packed down there you wouldn't like to say how the, the, the remaining sides will finish up um, but just the one game left to play, five victories and two draws. The best they can hope for now is a 23-point finish and obviously lots of other sides around them dropping points. Down in ninth place and with lots of games left to play are Ridgeway Rovers who still have seven, seven games to play and are also still involved in the latter stages of the cup competition as well with a semi-final to come this weekend. Four wins and two draws seeing them on to just the 14 points so far but their form in recent weeks has shown strong signs of improvement. The story of the week really has to be 10th place Ping City Phoenixes, who despite their lowly position in the league table, sitting second bottom, they defeated top of the table Epping Royals in a classic semi-final uh, to confirm their place in the Division 6 Cup final this season. What a story that is for the side from Barkingside. In the league, just four victories, two draws to their name, but a cup final... Uh, will we'll, we'll certainly bring memories for, back for this season for years to come. And bottom of the table are Warren United, again still one of the leading goal scorers in this division. 42 goals for the side at the bottom, but just two wins and three draws, seeing them on to six points. And that brings to a close our coverage of the Corinthian League for the month of March. The upcoming action really is now geared around cup football and we have a number of games coming up involving our teams. Firstly, in the outside cup competitions where the Essex Premier Cup will this season for the first time be competed by two teams from the same league and that will see Hatch Lane take on um, Flyhouse Athletic on Sunday the 16th of April at Bowers and Pitsy in the afternoon. Just before that game, there will be a Essex Sunday Junior Trophy Final which will also involve Corinthian sides. 
with Valence or Upshire um, progressing on to that final. Their semi-finals come up this weekend. And they could face Colbert Royals or last year's winners, in fact, Wooden Radars Reserves, as those teams fight, fight it out for the final this weekend. And of course, in May, we will also see the London Senior, the London Trophy Final, which will be competed again by two teams from the same league, both from the Corinthian, that being uh, AC Milano, who will take on Brook Athletic. Two divisions between those teams, but you never know, it's cup football, anything can happen. And the other competition still to be resolved is, of course, the London Sunday Challenge Cup, which will see Hatch Lane trying to defend their trophy. But they have a, a massive semi-final coming up this weekend with a game against Highgate Albion, one of the other top sides in the competition. And, of course, the League Cup finals will start later in April as well. We begin over at Averley on the 23rd of April um, with finals on the 23rd of April, the 30th of April, then rolling into games in May, on the 5th of May at Averley, the 7th of May at Barking, the 12th of May back at Averley, a doubleheader at Barking on the 14th of May, and we end the season with, of course, our top two finals, the Trophy Land Cup and the Corinthian Cup finals, which will take place on Sunday the 21st of May at Averley. And that brings to a conclusion our roundup for the month of March. And of course, looking ahead, of course, we look forward to bringing you a roundup of the April action, where I'm imagining a number of league titles will probably be decided. And we look forward to bringing you that very, very soon. Goodbye for now. Hello everyone, it's April here from the Hutney and Leighton Sunday League. We had a very interesting Sunday just gone and we've got an even more exciting Sunday coming up. As you guys may or may not be aware, our Twitter and Instagram have been taken over for the better, not hacked. And it will be more active with more updates and a lot more information that will be shared on there. So if you guys want to go and follow us... On Twitter, it is at Football Hackney and Instagram is Hackney and Leighton League. Please click like and follow on our posts. Moving on to the results from Sunday. So I'm going to start off with Division 1. First up, we had Hackney Spartans who faced off against Stratford Juniors. Hackney Spartans managed to get the winner. Stratford Juniors was very light on players. I think they only had nine throughout the whole game. Give them their due. They completed the 90 minutes. Hackney Spartans come away with the win with a 3-0 victory. Next up, we have North East Lions who faced off against Azteca. At half-time, it was one goal apiece for North East Lions and Azteca. But Azteca come out in the second half, smashed it and beat North East Lions 7-3. Stoke Newton FC now faced up against Mateo. Mateo have had a couple of bad results last couple of weeks but this Sunday they turned it all around as they managed to beat Stoke Newton FC 3-1. Division 2 now we have AFC Selwyn who faced off against Caledonian Park. This was a very close game indeed with nine goals in 90 minutes. Caledonian Park were the winners by beating AFC Selwyn 5-4. Next up in Division 2 we have Atletico DFZ Versus Sunday FC. As we know, Sunday have had a couple of hit and miss weeks. And Atletico DFZ have been the same. Sunday FC were 1-0 up at half-time. And then Atletico DFZ just managed to get the ball in the back of the net. Making it 1-1. So our point each 
in that game. Moving on, we have Boca Albion faced off against HL All Stars. HL All Stars managed to come out and get the win over Boca Albion by beating them 3 1. Then we have Gladstone Wanderers faced off against Stoke Newington Youth. It was 1 0 at half time. And Gladstone Wanderers just managed to pick up the three points in that game by beating Stoke Newton Youth 4-3. Limited Pros face Clapton Community. Limited Pros have had a couple of bad weeks. Uh, Clapton Community sorry, have been done, doing really, really well. And it was Clapton that were victorious this Sunday by beating Limited Pros 3-2. Division 3 now, we had CSM London Reserves face off against Wojak Sunday. CSM Reserves were up 2-0 at half-time. Wojak just couldn't bring it back in the second half and CSM London Reserves beat Wojak 3-1. Then we have Delta Athletic face off against FC Wood Green. A massive result for Delta this week as they beat FC Wood Green a massive 6-0. Docklands FC faced off against Millfields. Docklands FC have had a really good season. But Millfields managed to get the win. It was 1-0 at halftime. But the final result, Millfields 2, Docklands 1. Next up, we have Elever 11 faced off against Fish Island. Elever 11 with the three points after Sunday by beating Fish Island 2-1. And lastly, in Division 3, we have FC Carpety faced off against the Wenlock. FC Carpety were 1-0 up at half-time. The Wenlock just could not bring it back, and FC Carpety beat the Wenlock 3-0. Division 4, we had Burbeck Orient, who faced off against Football Club 22. Burbeck Orient with the win by beating Football Club 22-3-1. Next up, we have London Jags who faced off against East London. London Jags have had a great season with a couple of upsetting results. But this Sunday, all the boys were happy as they managed to get another win under their belts and another three points by beating East London 5-1. Moving on to our cup results now. So in our Albert Daniels Cup, we had CSM London versus Bandry Estate. The winners were CSM London. So CSM London will progress onto the final and will face Badu FC. Well done, CSM London. Unlucky Bandry Estate, but well done for getting as far as you guys did. Next up, we have our Dickie Davis Cup. So we had Dognake who faced off against Crondall, an all prem tyre. Crondall were the much stronger side. As they easily went through to the next round by beating Dognake 5-0. Next up, we have Lucia All-Stars, Division 1 side, who faced off against Prem side, Badu. Badu, again, comfortable win for them as they managed to beat Lucia All-Stars 5-1 and progress on to the next round. Then we have The Gun versus Navarino. This was an amazing game. The result at 90 minutes was 2 all went to penalties and the gun went through on penalties so unlucky to Navarino but well done to the gun and next up we have Hackney Borough who faced off against City East FC another all-prem tyre I was present at this game and it was a very very interesting game City East were down to 10 men for the whole of the second half 
And the result was one all after the first, I'd say, 20 minutes. And that's how it ended. It ended one all. Hackney Borough just couldn't get the upper hand over City East. Being down to 10 men, City East pushed through. But it was Hackney Borough who went through on the sudden death penalties. Great performance from both teams. And Hackney Borough will progress on to the next round of the cup. So well done Hackney Borough. And unlucky City East. We had a couple of Hackney and Leighton Junior Cup rounds as well. We had Southland and Sharks who were due to face Lymore Gardens, but unfortunately South London Sharks could not fill the team, which means Lymore Gardens progress on to the next round of the Hackney and Leighton Junior Cup. And then we had Gorillas who faced off against the Gun FC 2 in the Junior Cup. And the Gun FC 2, an amazing result for these guys. They were 6-1 up at half-time. And they still managed to come back and get more goals. And the final result was the Gun FC 2 10, Gorillas FC 1. So that was all the games that we had on Sunday. Massive amount of games. And we've got even more coming up this upcoming Sunday. Which will be the 2nd of April. Oh, this year's going by way too fast. So we have... Starting off in our Premier Division, we have Dognake will face off against Badu, FC Moldova will face off against Crondall, and FC Neva will face off against City East FC. I want you guys to go and check the full-time system to go and have a look at just how close the Prem Division is. It's literally going to go down to teams hoping for other results going their way. Goal differences, it's, it's a very, very, very tight division. Moving on, Division 1 now, we have Boundary Estate, who in the league have been doing absolutely amazing. They will face off against North East Lions. So can North East Lions put a dent in Boundary's record? We'll have to wait and see. Moving on, we have CSM London, who faces off against Stoke Newington FC. Hackney Spartans will face off against Azteca. Hakwenyi Tech Tree will face off against Navarino. Boca Albion will face the Gun. Caledonian Park will face Atletico DFZ. Clapton Community will face FC Selwyn. HL All Stars will face off against Limited Pros. And Bow Badgers first will face off against World Jack Sunday. So I just went through the rest of the divisions. We've got four Div 1 games, three Div 2 games. Sorry, four Div 2 games and one Div 3 game. And then we have our Hackney and Leighton Junior Cup rounds. So we have Bebo Badgers will face off against Delta Athletic. Eleven Eleven will face Millfields. FC Carpety will face Community Road. Fish Island will face Docklands. Gladstone will face CSM London Reserves. And the Wenlock will face Football Club 22. The draw will also be done either on the Sunday or on the Monday for the Hackney and Leighton Junior Cup, which will take place live on Instagram. So whoever wants to check in and check out who their team may have got, or if you guys are supporting or you guys just want to be nosy, 
please go ahead and do and go over and follow the Instagram page and you will get the update when we go live. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to our segment of the Selk podcast. I know a lot of games across all leagues were called off this Sunday due to the weather. But Hackney Marshes, if you've been involved with grassroots football for a long time, will know Hackney Marshes is indestructible. And we normally push, push, push for all our games to go on. And luckily they did. There were a few pitch changes, but other than that, no games were called off due to pitches. So as we always say over the marshes, game on. This week's Maidstone and Mid-Kent Sunday League section of the Selk podcast. And we have plenty of goals to bring you this week from across the divisions. It's a bumper catch-up week this week due to no recording from last week. So our attention first of all turns to the first of the League Cup finals that was held on Friday the 17th of March. And what a game this was between Artois United and K-Sports Sunday for the President's Cup Group A. Ian Knight caught up with both teams afterwards and over to them to talk us through it. Uh, so I'm joined by uh, Tim Thurlaway, uh, you're the manager of Artois United, your first trophy. Tim, how are you feeling? Oh, superb, top of the world, top of the world. Yeah, uh, art in mouth, going to pens, I never like pens, I'm not a fan of it. It's a brutal way to win or lose, but yeah, chuffed a bitch. Yeah, I think um, first half for me, you guys look like the better team and uh, you probably could have had more than the two. Yeah, I'd, we were bang on top first half. Um, Going in at half-time 2-0, it's a funny scoreline, but I thought credit to K-Sports, they come out swinging in the second half and made it a very uh, testing final part of the game. Yeah, certainly the second half, um, they kind of, I noticed they changed the formation a little bit and those balls into the box started to cause you guys problems. Um, were you worried at 2-1? I wasn't worried to be honest because I feel we always got the firepower to dig ourselves out of a hole. Like you say, they were launching the lad with a long throw, loading balls into the box. I don't think at any point they outplayed us uh, and we will rely on our quality, but nevertheless, they pushed us very hard. Yeah, and certainly after that uh, after that second goal, it kind of got a little bit flat, I think. Both teams were worried about how many players they are putting into the box and then when it comes to pens, like you said, it was a lottery. Um, some really good pens. How did you feel when uh, the skipper, Nathan Mosley, obviously uh, put the winner in? Yeah, chuffed to nuts, because Nathan, to be fair, he shouldn't even be out here tonight. Um, he's If a lesser man wouldn't be walking with what he's been through recently, but yeah, he's an absolute machine. Uh, and he stepped up, as he always does, and did the business. And uh, like I said, first trophy uh, in this league, obviously joined over from uh, the West Kent. Um, are we expecting more trophies this season? Oh, I'd like to think so, yeah. We, we, we don't want to stop at one, do we? Yeah, no, I mean, the big game, obviously, last weekend, beating, um, beating East Moulin. They'll be pumped up for the for the reverse fixture of that. Yeah. Uh, how many games have you got left of the season? Uh, I think we're up to eight, so we'll probably have six league fixtures. I know East Moulin are ahead in their league fixtures, so it's down to us to hunt them down now. But... Uh, the lads will be bang up for it. I know they're keen and hungry to keep kicking on. We're enjoying times in the Maidstone League because it's new, a fresh challenge for us all. And uh, yeah, really glad to be here. Yeah, certainly. It was a great game tonight and uh, credit to you guys and the lads. So congrats on the win and uh, hopefully many more to come. Thanks ever so much. Enjoy the evening. Cheers. So that was Ian with Tim Furloway of Artois United. And we go back to Ian with Ant Ashton of K-Sports. So I'm joined by uh, Ant Ashton, manager of uh, K Sports. Um, tough night in the end. What's your thoughts? 
Uh, yeah, we knew we were going to be up against it from the start. Um, they got quite a good following as well, which always helps. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was a cracking game of football. Um, could have gone either way, but unfortunately, obviously, we come off uh, the worst in the end. Yeah, I mean, totally. Game of two halves, I think. From watching uh, Artois seem to be the dominant team, they look really dangerous bad down the left and the right flanks, and that's where they caused the, the problems. Going in at two 0 what was the, what was the halftime chat about? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we've come off um, first half, and we, we knew we just had to up it. So I've come in, and all the boys were already doing the talking before I got in there. We knew we had to come up. We had gears to go and we had to just get the ball down and play the football and I feel like we come out second half and I mean we just dominated them and played them off the park and uh, evidently so we got the two goals back and uh, obviously the player of the, ma- player of the match as well was our boy Greg who uh, had a phenomenal game in there. Slight change of formation second half to be at the back? Yeah it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't planned but it almost where we were pushing so much and attacking they sort of turned into wing backs and it was really the instructions were just to attack and take the chances create the chances and yeah we always we set up with a four at the back but ultimately it just they pushed up naturally and yeah it helped us out in a big way yeah and uh, obviously uh, Tom's got the penalty there giving you a lifeline in the game and then not long after that Harry Goldsmith heads it in what, what were your feelings at that point <laughs> yeah bit of, yeah obviously elation yeah, the, the save is, is a massive turning point. And I mean, uh, Tommy Archer in the sticks for us. Uh, I, I know he's gutted about the penalty shootout, but I mean, without him, we wouldn't have uh, still been in the game. So Yeah, I mean, at 2 all, probably moments later, you know, there's another penalty. For me personally, I, I, I saw both penalties were quite soft tonight. I don't know about your thoughts on either of them. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly the same. I think uh, I'm, I'm going to stand here and say exactly ours, ours should have been given. But um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard, isn't it? But a penalty is a penalty at the end of the day, so it is what it yeah. is. The ref got a hard job out there. Yeah. And a great save from Tom. He's kept doing that match. And then I think probably for the rest of that half, it only really looked like it was going your way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I say, again, I think it was just dominant. From the, that second half, we, we knew we had to press high as a unit. And we just didn't let off for 45 minutes. So, like you say, it's a game of two halves. And I even think the first half, I think we still played decent and better football than they did. But they've got the fastest man in the world playing for them up top. And... Once that ball breaks to him, the kid's quick, he's got good feet, um, good finisher as well, yeah? Yeah, he knows what he's doing. And um, how do you pick Tyler Smith up after that penalty miss? Yeah, I mean, he's our skipper, so look, he didn't have to step up anyway to take a penalty. And um, we'd obviously pulled him 15 from the end. Um, and we put it to the boys and we said, who wants to step up? And he stepped up confidently, said he wanted it. So, look, I, we ain't never going to hold nothing against him. It could have gone any way. Any of the boys could have missed it. Anyone could have been safe. So, yeah, it'll go again. We've got a big game next week. Um, so, yeah, we just turn straight on to the, uh, the next cup game. Focus on the league now. What's, what's for the rest of the season? Yeah, got, obviously, the, the league's uh, tight up the top between the two boys up there, East Mullin and Artois. We're just behind them. So, we've played both of them boys. Um, they're, they're starting to play each other now. So, uh, it's interesting to see the results. Um, I, I know there was a good game last week where Artois done his mauling. So yeah, look, it's good. It's a good change. It makes it it makes it lively in the top division. So yeah, I can only uh, praise the decision for him coming over and making it a bit more feisty. Yeah, that's good to hear. I think that they're an addition to the league, and I think you know it's nice to have other teams challenging Absolutely. cups and trophies. Absolutely, so. yeah. I think when you've been around as long as I have, and some of the boys, you play the same players, same faces, same teams, week in, week out, year in, year out. So bringing someone over. 
Yeah, look, it's good. They're, they're a good side. It would be handy if they weren't as as decent. But <laughs> look, we can't we can't have it all. Yeah, no, I understand that. Fantastic from the lads tonight. Great credit. Always great to see you guys in another final as well. So yeah. uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, great, fantastic. Cheers, mate. Thanks to everyone involved in those interviews there and for what sounds like a cracking cup final. So we move on and we had a number of teams in league action on the 19th of March and in the Premier Division, Langley Athletic lost by the odd goal in three to Birmingham Blues. Christopher Barrett scoring for Langley and Dylan Mulcahy and Kafu Bede for Barming. In Division 1, White Horse were 4-0 winners at East Morning Reserves with goals from Jacob Walter, a Liam Stone brace and Nathan Irvin goal sealing the points. That win took them top due to Leybourne City and Snodland sharing the points in a one-all draw. Alex Cablefield for Snodland and Lewis Nichols for City. IGS and Coxheath and Farley faced each other in a doubleheader in Division 2 with them sharing a point each and eight goals in their four-all draw in their first game. Aaron Lawrenson, Ryan May and a George Payne pair of goals for IGS. Whilst for Coxheath it was Marius Bruges a Nick Townley brace and goal from Jamie Tree. The points went the way of IGS in Game 2, winning this one 3-1. Jamie Tree again on the score sheet for Coxheath, another George Payne brace for IGS and Eddie Davis also netting. Park Royal suffered a 2-1 home defeat to Laybourne, Thomas Richards for Park Royal and Harry Lowe and Jamie Sherlock for Laybourne. Another 2-1 result in the division. This one saw Vinters win on the road to Yielding and Laddingford. Joe Moss and an own goal for Vinters giving them the points. In Division 3, plenty of goals flying in, including the game between Invictus Sunday and Maidstone Kestrels, with Sunday running out 5-1 winners. Goals came from Jamie Allen, Roan Ferguson, William Terry and William Cove, whilst Harry Hoskins got the reply for Kestrels. Elsewhere, Maidstone and Tempest hit five for no reply against Ditton Miners. Ryan Bush, Kieran Higgins, Hussein Altier, Scott Prudence and Nathan Chalice all getting on the score sheet. The final game saw Yielding and Ladderford Reserves win 4-2 away against Parkwood. James Dunn, George Hodson and two for Tony Friend for Yielding. Gary Brown and Mike Allen in reply for Jupiters. Now, on to this weekend just gone and we had league action plus two cup semi-finals, this time from the League Challenge Cup. In the league action, Artois United won 7-1 away at Rubicon Limerick to keep up their title hopes. Scorers for Artois were Ryan Hine with two goals in the first six minutes, Reagan Cork two minutes later, Ben Holder on the 20-minute mark and Peter Shaw two minutes after half-time. The scoring was rounded out by Kane Joseph and Conor Morrow in the 74th and 76th minute. Harry Paternoster got the consolation for Rubicon in the 35th minute, but by then the damage had already been done. In Division 1, White Horse won 3-2 against Laybourne City. Tom Woolen and 2 for George Young giving them the points, but the City score is not known. Division 2 saw Minter win 2-0 away at Coxheath and Farley. Dom Archer and Christopher Day giving them the points. And in Division 3, Len Valley won 3-1 away at Maidstone Kestrels. Jason Parsons and 2 for Matthew Spry for Valley. Harris Hoskins on the score sheet again for the second week in a row for Kestrels. Another two goals for Parkwood Jupiters this week again against Yielding and Lanford Reserves, but for 
for Jupiter's the same outcome as the week before as they lost this one 5-2. Jacob Donay, James Dunn, Cole Chivers and George Hodgson scoring for Yielding. Cameron Morgan and George Musgroves with the goals for Parkwood. Now in the first of the Challenge Cup semi-finals, East Morning K Sports played out a tight game that saw Morning snatch it with one goal, courtesy of Frankie Smith and putting them through into the final. There they will face another parent side in it as United 1948-172 in the other semi against 3rd Division in Victor Sunday. Goals for United came from Mladen Mihailov, Alexandru Saharia, Alan Nikola and a brace each for Stefan Florio and Constantine Scarlett. William Terry got a brace for Invicta but uh, all in vain and out they go unfortunately to the higher division side but a valiant effort all the same. Now for a review of the standings as we enter the crunch time of the season and in the Premier Division East Morning lead with 33 points but having played three games more than Artois in second on 27 points. It'll be between these two you'd think for the title. At the other end, a difficult season for Langley after going up sees them with one point. Division 1 is down to five teams now after withdrawals. White Horse are top with a game in hand over second place Laybourne City and are four points clear. Snodland are in third, four points behind and an equal amount played as White Horse. Eccles Sunday lead Division 2, equal with Minter on 25 points but with three games in hand. Vinters in fourth place with two games in hand could make up the nine point gap if they win these and the other games go their way. It's tight at the bottom with Yalding and Ladford, Coxie for Farley and Sutton Valence making up the bottom three. In Division 3, Annalyn Valley are top and nine points clear of second place Kent Sands United. Sands have a game in hand and Invicta Sunday are a point behind Sands but have played one game more. Parkwood at the other end have one game left to try and get point on the board. Now for the leading scorers and Mackenzie Gardner is leading the way in the Premier Division with 31 for East Morning. Liam Stone of Whitehorse leads Division 1 with 17. There's 18 goals for Jamie Sherlock of Laybourne making him the top scorer in Division 2. And finally, Brandon Holdsworth takes top spot in Division 3 with 27 goals for Len Valley, with a ratio of almost two per game. Now we look ahead to the fixtures for this coming weekend. And in the Premier Division, Artois United face Aylesford Sunday. East Morning take on K Sports. And Rubicon Limerick take on United 1948. Battle at the top in Division 1 as Snodland face Whitehorse. In Division 2, Eccles take on Laybourne, IGS uh, face Vinters, and both those games are double headers. Park Royal will play Yordian Lanford, and in Division 3, Dizzy Miners face Yordian Lanford Reserves, and Matestone Tempest play Matestone Kestrels. The two cup semi-finals this week in, in the Invitation Cup see Invicta Sunday take on Maidstone United under-18s and Kent Sands United face Len Valley. Well, that's it for this week. Hope you've enjoyed listening and look forward to bringing you back up to date again next week.
Welcome to the Watford Sunday League podcast for games played on Sunday the 26th of March. Unfortunately, we were hit by the weather again and we uh, lost 11 games. So apologies, but not too much to report back on this week. However, the games that were played were in the Premier Division, The only game in the top flight to survive the heavy overnight rain produced the most sensational result of the season so far, as Abbott's Langley Club, second from bottom in the table, achieved only their second three points of the season when they inflicted on the reigning champions North Watford a 3-1 defeat, which was their first top flight win since being promoted in 2021. North Watford missed some early good chances before Abbott's punished them by taking the lead after a Tom Walk cross was headed in at the back post by Carl Clifford. A second soon followed and came after a goldmouth scramble which was finished by Ben Knight's. In the second half, North Watford poured on the pressure and they reduced the arrears through an Ashley Lewis goal. But that just that setback seemed to inspire Abbotts on and they put the game beyond North Watford when a driving forward run and pass from Jaden Chamberlain allowed Alou Gibril to curl the ball into the top corner to put the seal on a famous win. In Division 1, the only game to go ahead was between Woodside and Chelfont Saints, a double header that was switched from the Chelfont's ground to Woodside's pitch at Woodside playing fields. And Woodside moved to the top of the table, but that was only after they could take three only after they could take three points from their double header against Chelfon Saints, who had started the morning bottom of the division. Saints won the first game, which was only their second three points of the season, two one. Andre Ford and Sam Roberts on target, with Ollie Lawford once again netting for Woodside. In the return game, normal service was resumed for Woodside as they cruised to 4-0 win, with Lawford getting a brace along with goals from Jamie Dunlop and Harry Beaumont. In Division 2, the Cross moved six points clear at the summit after they beat King George 4-2. This means that since the turn of the year, King George have dropped from top of the table to third bottom in a remarkable loss of form. Troy Norbert, Stefani Grimes-Ford, Abhay Punai and Raphael Wiredu scored for the cross, with the George replies coming from Costa Evangelidis and an own goal. In the double header between C.F. Fajetska and Francis George, produced four points for CF for Jetska as they won the first game 3-1 and drew the second game 1-1. 
Ryan Emanuel, Stasek Lazbeza and Damian Wotak were on target in the first game, with Luke Furlong replying. In the second game, it was on as even, with George Mundy scoring for George and Alex Bushnell for CF Pajetska. So, that was all the, uh, the games uh, this week. So, I think we'll just take the opportunity once again just to run through where we are with the tables and the cup finals. With the upcoming cup finals in April, we have the first cup final this coming Sunday, the 2nd of April, between Everett Rovers and St. Joseph's Reserves. That's the uh, Dennis Jackson Intermediate Cup final. The next final is set for Sunday the 16th of April. Um, that's the Terry Devereux President's Cup final. And that will see FC Unicorn take on either North Watford and, or St Joseph's. Um, that semi-final is due to be played this coming weekend, the 2nd. On the 23rd, we have the Chairman's Cup final which sees 2nd Division Glen SSC take on 1st Division Woodside. And the final, uh, or last final I should say, will be on uh, Sunday the 30th of April. And that will see um, four teams that could be in that final. Um, we have uh, St Joseph's or Casterby Rangers in one semi-final, and North Watford and either W.D. Bushy or Old Valerians in the second semi-finals, which are due to be played on the 9th of April. Uh, and obviously the winners of those two semi-finals will go through to the final on the 30th. With regards to the league tables, no real change uh, in the Premier Division, except obviously North Watford, lost their first game and so uh, lost the points for one of their games in hand. So the current table sees WD Bushy sitting top of the table after 10 games with 22 points. North Watford have played 9 with 20. St Joseph's have played 9 games and have 19 points. So it's still pretty open at the top there. In Division 1, as previously mentioned, Woodside went top of the table after their double header. Um, they sit top of the table after 11 games and they're on 22 points. Forza have played 10 are on 21. Hertfordshire Eagles 11 and are on 20. And Watford Sports have only played 8 and are on 17 points. The number, total number of games in this division is 14. So there's still a few games to go, especially for Watford Sports. So once again, that's quite open. In Division 2, um, we have, as mentioned again earlier, the Cross uh, extended their lead at the top of the table, having played 13 with 33 points. CF Fajetska are just behind them, having played 15 with 27 points. Glenn have only played 10 games and are on 25 points. So they're the three major ones sort of combating it out from the top of the table. Um, clubs have 20 games to play, so Cross have seven left, Pajetska five, and Glen ten. 
so it's really anyone's division. Finally, in Division 3, again, it's all tight at the top. No games in this division this weekend, so uh, we still have it in at the top of the table um, after 16 games on uh, 34 points. Abbott's Wanderers, 17 games, 32. Batchworth, 16 games, 31. And Everett Rovers, only 11 games, 27 points. Um, you also have Chorleywood Club in the mix. They played 15 and have 25 points. These clubs play 18 games, so there's still a few games to go, especially for Everett Rovers. So once again, it's all in the mix as who's going to finish up in the top two. Um, the only other thing really that I can mention in this week's podcast is just to let everybody out there know that listens to the podcast that the league are looking to recruit people for their committee for next season. We already have a 10-man committee, but we could do with extra people to come on board to help out with things, especially on the te technological side i.e. the use of websites um, and, and things like full-time and a whole game system. So, so if anyone out there listening is interested, please get in touch with the Wofford Sunday League either through the website or you can email us at uh, wsflinfo at gmail.com. That's wsflinfo at email.com. That's it for this week, and uh, we'll be back with you next week, hopefully with a full programme of games and with a cut final report um, for everything that's played on April the 2nd. Searching for players? Searching for clubs? Find players and clubs near you right now on MatchHawk. Playing football could never be easier. Download MatchHawk on Google Play or visit our website at matchhawk.com. Truly a great match. MatchHawk. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.